I've got the ultimate banker. Oh, and I've got uh, the White Star Line. Everything's fine. A monkey died on a rope. I don't know the rest of the thing. Oh, wow. I hope that means more to other people than it did to me. <laughs> I don't know if it does. To me, it sounds like having a breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Date Fight. It's the podcast where we take great moments that occurred on this day in history and we pitch them against each other. Yes, we do. He's Jake Yap. I'm Nat Tapley. And together we have leaked... Leaked? Leafed through the encyclopedia. <laughs> we've leaked on... Leaked. To, <laughs> yeah. We've leaked onto the encyclopedia of the past, making it unusable by anyone else. Yes, we have stuck together the pages of time. <laughs> yeah. Somehow, I'm not telling you how. Round one! I'm going to take you to the 26th of February 1914, when the White Star Line launched its sister ship to the Titanic, the Britannic. Now, they'd learned lessons from the Titanic. They'd changed the way that the waterproof compartments worked, and they'd added more... um, that added more lifeboats and new gantries to get the lifeboats out quicker. So if the Titanic was unsinkable, the Britannica was super unsinkable. What do you think (laughs) happened to the Britannic? (laughs) Did it super sink? It super sank. That's absolutely right. Uh, But the year in which it was launched should give you a hint as to why it sank. It was launched in 1914. Oh, dear. And it was promptly requisitioned by the Navy. Um, And it became HMHS Britannic, the Her Majesty, oh, His Majesty's Hospital Ship Britannic, serving the Dardanelles. And on the 21st of November 1916, it hit a naval mine, which had been laid by the Imperial German Navy and founded in 55 minutes. Now, there were 1,065 people on board, many of them injured because it was a hospital ship, of which 1,035 were rescued from the water and the lifeboats. 30, however, didn't make it. It was the largest ship lost in the First World War and is currently the largest passenger ship on the seafloor. Goodness. There you go. The lifeboats were launched without the um, captain's permission because the captain wanted to wait and try and found a... As they knew they were sinking, he wanted to try and get beach it um, on land somewhere. Um, but the mates overruled him, launched some lifeboats anyway, at which point some of the people lost were lost because they were on a lifeboat that got sucked into the propellers and I'm not sure what the correct verb is. Um, blended. Blended. Smoothied. 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 <laughs> uh, here lies Alfred Bartlett, smoothied on the 21st yes. of November 1916 <laughs> off the islands of Greece after hitting a German imperial mine. My favourite smoothie is human and brine. <laughs> OK, good. Yes. I'm going to go back to the 26th of February 1995. Mm, my favourite year. And the UK's oldest investment banking institute, basically the one off Mary Poppins, uh, uh, Bearings Bank, collapses. Yes. Bearings. After Nick Leeson yeah. manages to lose $1.4 billion. That's $1.4,000 million. Uh, speculating. Is there any chance that he'll find it in an old pair of trousers? He's, he's promised he's going to pay back a pound a week. <laughs> <laughs> Have you read that fact, by the way, that if you if if when the pyramids of Giza were being built, you had no money but saved £10,000 a day then by now you would still not have as much wealth as the average of the five richest people in the world. Incredible. Yeah. Amazing. It's... Sorry. Terrifying. Billionaires. No, it's, it's, it's a horrifying uh, amount of money that, that billionaires have. People don't really understand the difference between a million and a billion. I've done that nope. before, haven't I? The difference. I've done that. That's fine. It was months ago. Do it again now. 
Tell us the difference. So a million seconds is 11 and a half days. Ooh. A billion seconds is 31 years. What? That's way too long. That's, that's, that's longer than I've been alive. Huh? At, at what point really? did you start feeling dead? <laughs> should I not ask you that? <laughs> so what happened to all the st- other stuff that was in bearings? Did they get to... Uh, it was, did they have like it a was sold, closing down it sale? It was sold for a pound. In the end, it completely and utterly wiped... The what? You could have had Bearings Bank for a pound. Yeah, and they sold it on that later one. for $275 million. So it was quite the bargain, oh. to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, that feels like that would have been worth yeah. doing if any of us had a pound in the 90s. Yeah. Well, if you pay back a pound a week, yeah. you can buy Bearings Bank in the first week. So <laughs> Nick Leeson was an interesting character. Mm. He failed his maths A-level. Oh. Uh, but in 1992, he made a lot of speculative trades Mm. That were unauthorised, but he made £10 million profits for bearings, which was 10% of their annual profit. So he was quite the darling. They didn't care that Mm. he was breaking all the rules. But then, of course, his luck went sour Mm -hmm. and... Uh, he basically did a thing called doubling. So basically, okay, you make a loss. Yeah. So then you gamble twice as much yeah, to, to cover your losses. The loss, and he, he kept doing <laughs> I that. feel so like he... I've done that emotionally with my life. <laughs> I think started putting a bit of time into comedy. <laughs> <laughs> what are you up to now? Because yeah, he got from essentially. I'm just feeding pennies into the one-armed bandit of time, nice. hoping that someday this will prove to have been worthwhile. One day you're going to fill up that Marge tub. You're going to fill it big. Yeah. So by the end of 92, the losses were £2 million. Mm-hmm. By late 93, that was £23 million. Oh. And by the end of 94, it was £208 million. Oh, dear. The beginning of the end was, mm. was in 1995, he basically did a, a, a short bet yeah. saying, OK, overnight, the Japanese stock market's probably not going to move very much. Mm-hmm. Cut to the early hours of that morning <laughs> and the Kobe earthquake hits. Oh, no. And everything goes south. Yeah. So then he's like, okay, 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 I'll fix it, I'll fix it, I'll do some really risky trades. So he did really, really risky trades. And yeah, losses eventually totaled £827 million. That's $1.4 billion. Wow. Twice their available trading capital. And he ran away. He ran yes. to Malaysia, then he ran to Thailand, then he ran to Germany, and then he got arrested. Is he still in prison? And now he's an after-dinner speaker. Oh, is he? Of course. Yeah. What What does he speak on? Uh, he talks about uh, the importance of uh, risk awareness. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think my organisation could definitely do with hearing from the man who managed to yeah. double his losses every couple of months so that he lost £800 million pounds yeah. in the course of three years. Take a tip from me, guys. Don't do yeah. it. When the fun <laughs> stops... Double down for double fun. <laughs> We've had enough of experts, unless they're experts in losing money. <laughs> yes, inspiring. But he did get played by Ewan McGregor at one point, didn't he? Uh, yes, I think he did. Yeah. So That's all any of us really hopes for. Yeah. One day, to have the lovely tones of Ewan McGregor, slightly mangle lines that we said in real life. <laughs> Happy birthday to Maria Amalia, Duchess of Parma, who was the older sister of Marie Antoinette but was married against her will to the Duke of Parma, and she displayed her disgust at this by replacing all her ladies-in-waiting with young men who were very handsome. She cross-dressed all the time and spent her nights out gambling in officers' club. She was disliked by the Parmesan nobility, um, to which I can only say hard cheese. (laughs) Happy birthday to Jimmy Goldsmith. He founded the referendum party, was a close friend of John S. 
Aspinall and Lord Lucan and wanted to reintroduce guns to large parts of the country. Happy birthday. Yes, the referendum party. If you dig deep into the sort of Aspinall, Lord Lucan, Jonathan Aitken, Jimmy Goldsmith... A uh, little coterie. There's some very interesting things they get up to in the 1970s, which would be libelous to say on the podcast because they've only got one source for them. But uh, happy, <laughs> but do have a look. Happy, read articles that are about what Lord Lucan was reading just before he ran oh. away. On his bedside table was uh, Mein Kampf and the speeches of Adolf Hitler and tidbits. Yeah. Happy birthday to Fats Domino. He wrote Blueberry Hill, but he lost his house in Hurricane Katrina, but had it given back by George W. Bush. Well done, everyone. Happy death day to Bill Hicks, who you will inevitably watch at some point go, this is brilliant, show it to your parents, forgetting that there's ten minutes in the middle where he does nothing but mime analingus whilst grunting. (laughs) But to be fair... (laughs) That's what my parents would have been doing on the sofa anyway. <laughs> Happy birthday to Giuseppe Tartini, who wrote The Devil's Trill Sonata when the devil appeared at the foot of his bed to give him the tune. The same is true of Steps' 5678. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Hold on a second whoa. there, fella. Whoa. Yes. Well, you're right. They say the devil has all the good tunes, he don't does. they? And yes. That is an absolute toe tapper. Absolutely. They sat at that crossroads and sold their soul to the devil in exchange. Four, five, six, seven, eight. Happy death day to Roger, <laughs> Roger the Second of Sicily, who is perhaps the most unimpressive named king of Sicily of all time, apart from Roger the First, I suppose. Um, he united the Norman conquests. Uh, the Normans had an empire that ranged across Sicily, half of Italy, and Libya. And Italian rule over Libya continued until Mussolini did it in the 20th century. Incidentally, do you know why the Normans are called the Normans? No. And not the French? They're not the French. The French are different people. The Normans were the name given to the Northmen, who came, who were the Vikings, who came and landed in northern France and were a different people from the people of France. So essentially they're all Vikings. Normans are Vikings. Anyway, that's just a side that's got nothing to do with Roger II of Sicily, apart from the fact that he was one, and he united all of the Norman conquests um, in Italy and North Africa. Cheers! That's the death days. I'm going to take mm. you to the 26th of February, 1993. Oh. And a... Two in the 90s. That's my second favourite year. Okay. <laughs> why is it? Why? <laughs> what happened? I'm not telling you. All right. <laughs> my mum listens you... to this. Wait, will you draw it? Yeah. Okay. You can see it drawn on many urinal walls. Put it on Patreon. A suspected car bomb explodes underneath the World Trade Center in New York. This wasn't my favourite event of 1993. Well, that's that's a relief because I'd have to completely reappraise you in my mind. So the <laughs> state governor, Mario Cuomo, who is the yep. father of Chris Cuomo, if you're a big fan of mm-hmm. CNN, and also yep. the father of Andrew Cuomo, who's now New York's state governor. Mm-hmm just like his dad was, uh, told journalists, yep. uh, we all have that feeling of being violated. Mm. Uh, no foreign people or forces ever done this to us. Until now, we were invulnerable. Mm. And it was pretty horrendous. It sent smoke and flames up through one of the Twin Towers. Yeah. And in a kind of horrific, mawkish way, uh, a 34-year-old broker who was working in the tower said it felt like an airplane hit the building. Mm. Little did he know. Little indeed did he know? Was he gambling lots of money? Was he busy doubling down every other month being a broker? In the- <laughs> yes, that's right. Yes, yeah. Little do I know, but all I do know I learned from Nick Leeson. <laughs> <laughs> the 
following year, four men were sentenced to life for the bombing. Mm-hmm. It killed six people. It injured 100. And it was masterminded by Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, was it, who later was accused of masterminding September 11th and is currently in Guantanamo Bay? Could be. Uh, it's also been attributed to Sheikh Omar Abdel Rahman. Ah. Do you reckon there were, no, that one was mine. That's my one. Yes. He was a blind cleric who preached at mosques in Brooklyn and Jersey City. Yeah. Okay. The blind leading the... Ha. Yep. Nice. <laughs> Strong, mate. Don't be afraid, mate. <laughs> I'm going to go to the 26th of February, 1909, when the first <laughs> Kinema Colour show happened in London. <laughs> it was a collection of 21 short films shown at the Palace Theatre London, which was the first colour film shown on public display. I say colour film... It was just red and green. It had two of the colours. Was this the uh, process used by... Freeze Green? Yes! No. They oh. sued the Freeze Greens later on. So this is a similar one, but it only uses two colours. It has two filters over two cameras, and then it's an additive process. Also, you end up with two black and white films, which you have to then play back through red and green filters to recreate the uh, colours when you see them on the screen. So essentially you've taken a... As today we'd probably use three, like cyan, magenta and yellow, we used to split up colours, so you'd do three, but they had two, which were just red and green, and they ended up with two films, which you played back through red and green filters to make a coloured composite picture. Does that make any sense? I don't know. I'm not a scientist. Say that one more time. I'm joking. (laughs) (laughs) So between 1909 and 1918, 250 venues in the UK showed kinema colour films, and the process was bought by D.W. Griffith for his film... The Klansman, which became oh. Birth of a Nation. Now, usually... So ironic, because that was all about the black and white, was it not? It was indeed. <laughs> now, usually, I would have an amusing list of made-up films for you. However, Wikipedia has a full list of all the Kinemacolor films, so I didn't have to make up any of these at all. OK, OK. Films included The Adopted Child, Views of Aldershot, The, <laughs> <laughs> the Amorous Doctor, oh. The Burglar as Father Christmas... <laughs> dog <laughs> Dog and Monkey oh dear. Da- Dandy Dick of Bishopsgate <laughs> All- Aldershot Views <laughs> Which is a different <laughs> Elevating an elephant Very different, it's very different <laughs> It's very different ha- The Haunted Otter <laughs> it's tr- In Gollywog Land oh, Okay uh, Up until then I was literally just about to say I really want to see all of these And then you said that Yeah, no More views of Aldershot <laughs> Seriously? Uh, <laughs> Where, where, where was normal... that filmmaker based, by any chance? <laughs> normal Melbourne, The Old Hat, huh. Swank of the Randy, Tobogganing in Switzerland, A Visit to Aldershot, <laughs> <laughs> and Woman Draped in Patent Handkerchiefs. Those oh, are all classic. real Kinemacolor films you can find. Yeah. So that's what, I'm, that's what I want to celebrate the 26th of February for, The Birth of Colour Film. I can't think of anything finer. Everyone should go and vote for that. <laughs> Don't vote for bombing the World Trade Centre. No, that, no, you're right there. That's treason. Uh, but you can yeah. vote for whichever ones you think yes. are the best ones. Why don't you put yourself online? Mm-hmm. Uh, Twitter, it's at date underscore fighter. And on Facebook, it's facebook.com forward slash date fight. Yes, indeed. Uh, we will be back mm. with another date fight tomorrow. Yes, we will. We always are. Uh, at the same time, if you happen to download and listen to it <laughs> at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, until then, au revoir. Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye.